Welcome to the Smart Firefighting Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Sofin. This is a mini-series from the Technology Summit International, hosted by the International Association of Fire Chiefs in October 2022. Lots of fire content coming your way. Enjoy. Sitting here at TSI alongside Deputy Chief of San Antonio Fire Department, Brian Norris. Brian, how you doing? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. So how has the Technology Summit International been for you? Man, it's been great. We've gotten to hear from a lot of different technology experts from anywhere from fire departments to the actual vendors themselves. Dr. Lori Mormorell being here was was quite a, a entertainment and a, and a benefit to the summit itself. And so it's been a great experience. Every time Lori talks, I just like want to run through a brick wall with excitement and passion afterwards. And, yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, no, she is. So kudos to you, Lori, and can't wait to have in the podcast again. So I know that there's been so many conversations here at the show when you, from cloud to human factors to GIS to augmented reality, virtual reality, all these really cool big buzzwords. And I always appreciate talking to an actual fire chief and a firefighter that's, that's in it every day. And I know talking to you just before, you talked about just the challenge of calls. There's, I heard uh, someone, the Stefan Truthen was telling me in Berlin, there's some 40,000 calls they get a day in Berlin. And sure. you think about it, it's like, think about how many calls the average human gets in a day, you know, five, 10, whatever. But the fire department receiving all these calls, it's just, you know, it's, it's just like you get inundated and, and you're drowning in calls. But like, give me some context on what's the challenge of dealing with all these calls and like, how does the fire service maybe even a little history of like, how did we manage it and how are we trying to use tech to manage it today? Well, it, it all goes back to our missions changing as a fire department. And so if you look at the actual amount of time that the fire personnel spend fighting fires, it's actually very small. In San Antonio, it's 0.25% of the time. And so we have the mission of the fire department itself is changing. COVID brought a, it made it way more apparent that the mission is changing for us. And in that, as the population increases in all of the areas around the country, so does the run volume that's coming in. But resources have become to the point to where they're very expensive. And the amount of resources that you're gaining in a department isn't growing as fast as the rate of the, the call volume increase. And so you're going to have to learn and we have to find some way as the fire department to mitigate some of that call volume. Because if you figure you're already at capacity with your folks, then the only route left is to mitigate some of those calls. So community risk reduction becomes important. Different programs you can put in place becomes important in trying to reduce that call volume but make sure that everybody's getting the care that they need. So when you talk about mitigating call volume, is that sort of better education to the community on, hey, it's okay to use 911 for these instances, but in this instance, do it, do it by yourself or call a different number? Or how? What's an example of how you're actually doing that community risk reduction to mitigate call volume? Sure. And, and it all goes back to, I think, the beginning of 911. Right. And so they put 911 in place for people with emergencies could call and get help. Well, it turns out the definition of emergency is changing to people. And so more and more people are calling 911. We've actually done too good of a job teaching people how to call 911 that our call volume is just going to keep increasing. And so if you look at different programs like mobile integrated healthcare that can help take care of high volume utilizers or dispatch programs like we put in place in San Antonio, those types of things are reducing the amount of responses that we have, which is helping mitigate some of those calls. But community risk reduction overall is going to be the key to com that component. Yeah. And I've heard, I think I, Joe Power said it or someone had said the best disaster 
is the one that never happens. That's right. That's and, right. And and I know uh, just with, with call volume. So I guess the one focus is mitigate, and that's great. CRR and there's that that can be every community. I think would agree that we can all be doing more CRR to mm-hmm. better prepare everyone. But so, but in the end of the day, at least with our current setup of society and the need with how fire departments support our community, there's still a need where stuff goes wrong. Stuff happens. I remember there was one sure. fire chief I was talking to. He had said. I was standing in the firehouse with him. He's like, just as long as people are still out there, those garage doors are still going to keep going up. Mm-hmm. So and in that vein of just the nature that calls are still going to be coming in as long as people are here, how do you manage this? And I think I heard you say before, clinical dispatch. How? What, tell me about how you are. There's the mitigating calls, but then to the, the calls that are coming in, How? what's the methodology behind how you're using technology to best manage that? So in San Antonio, what we saw was a dramatic increase in the number of calls for sick people during the COVID pandemic. And so I I work with some incredibly smart people, and they looked around and they found an application called GoodSAM. It comes out of the UK that actually allows us to activate the camera function on someone's phone. But in that is artificial intelligence built into the program where it'll read the patient's pulse rate. It's very effective because, and in San Antonio, the environment's a little different. I have all paramedic dispatchers uniformed, and we have delegated practice where our doctors, our medical directors have been very cooperative in really helping us drive this program. But if you're a low acuity patient, then my paramedic dispatchers are going to do an assessment on you over the camera. They'll have some of your vital signs, but it's essentially a sick or not sick type situation. They can do that full assessment. And then it's not necessarily we don't agree that you need to go to the doctor. You might but you don't necessarily need to go in an ambulance. And so what that does by us getting them to the appropriate level of care just in a different manner than what they were expecting has really increased availability in our system and allowed us to look at a lot of different things. So now we're looking at situational awareness with full arrest and structure fires and strokes and really getting the information out to our folks as they respond to make them safer. You talked about increasing availability. My brain initially was limiting resource strain. I guess those are Mm -hmm. kind of synonymous. Sure. But so now that's basically you're saying that now by better matching the need with the the service, which isn't always needing to be ambulance, that's now giving you the brain power to think about how you can do other things. Yes. Yeah. And so you have to look at what makes your system special and you have to look at the things that you have available to you or your own environment on how to mitigate some of those those calls. What's important about conferences like this and we were talking about TSI is you have to get the word out of what you're doing because it sparks thought in other people. And so that's really what I've taken away from this and hearing some of the future technologies that are coming and and some of the things that these really smart people from NASA and everybody else is inventing is how can I apply those to San Antonio? How can I apply those to our call volume? And really the key word that I'm going to take out of this is how do we operationalize it? Mm-hmm. And so we can talk about, you know, the cloud and, and all of these other things, but as a as a fire chief or an executive officer, the important thing to us is how do we operationalize those technologies? How do we utilize them? And so that's one of the things we're going to take away from here, and we're going to do our best to continue that in San Antonio. And I love the idea of how one conversation or one, one um, presentation may spark other ideas to share best practices. It seems like what you've done with the clinical dispatch and the Good Sam program has worked. Yes. How can others happily copy you? 
where would someone start to think like, hey, what Brian was talking about is is good stuff. I want to, I'd like to do the same thing. How can they approach that? So I would definitely look at the Good Sam application. It's been a wonderful program for us. The creators over in the UK have been very cooperative with us. The UK uses Good Sam widespread. And so it's not necessarily something that San Antonio created. We just applied it to us so it works for us. So the next thing I would do is talk to your medical director, talk to whoever's over your medical care, and try to figure out how in your environment you can make something work for you to start to reduce that call volume or get people the level of care that they actually need. Thanks for those insights. And I think that's important. It comes back to the last word you said that uh, I have capitalized and I'm underlining is operationalized. It's good to come to these conferences and talk, but it's about what are we doing different tomorrow? And this is a great example of how someone, you could operationalize something. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. There's You did a great job taking something that was off the shelf and just applying it and making it contextual for your needs. Well, and I'd love to take credit for it, but I work with a lot of smart people. And so Dr. C.J. Winkler, Dr. David Maramontes, uh, Rex Pantoja, our lieutenant at dispatch, all of those people have come together to really put a good program in place. Our job is to support them. So it's a team effort across the board. If I've learned anything in my life, it's surrounding yourself with smart people and it definitely helps uh, elevate the bar. That's for sure. Yes. So what was something here at the show that excited you or maybe surprised you in some capacity? What excited me is to see where we're going with data and how we can really push more information to our units who are responding. And so there's different applications out there that can give us a wide array of information that we may never have had before. I really watched enjoying or enjoyed watching the the presentation that was talking about the new thermal imaging and the uh, outlining of different things in there and that technology that's coming forward that can be individualized for our firefighters. That's exciting seeing it come down. I'm just can't wait for it to happen. Yeah. Well, I like that data that could be a many extensive conversations podcast just about data. But I think one of the things that I took away from the show was uh, Billy Freeman from Free, uh, FirstNet said this. He's like, there's a difference between data and information. Mm-hmm. Where data is a lot of the ones and zeros and info is actually contextual information that I can do something with. Sure. What are your thoughts or what have you seen or any context about how fellow innovators or, or fellow um members of the fire service could approach using data to create information that ultimately brings actionable insights. So actually we were sitting at the table talking with some folks from Montreal and they have done a lot on predictive modeling for structure fires. And he was like, the most ironic thing is, is that the first fire death the last two years has happened in one of the most vulnerable buildings that we've had. And so there's those modelings out there that we can actually start to calculate and run through different formulas to try to predict where our fires are going to happen, which should allow us to try to mitigate some of those fires. And so if we can save lives that way, if we can not have to put our firefighters in danger, that's one of the best things that we can do. And so just hearing how different people are doing it and learning those lessons, it's been a a very valuable experience. Thank you for that context. And so the final thing that I'll ask you is uh, what would be a a final message or a question, a quote, or a challenge that you would leave with our listeners here today? So the, the biggest challenge that I see is, in, and everybody has the same problem, your call volume's going up, your resources are maintaining the same, some are even dropping. We have to find ways to increase that availability, to shed some of these runs. But in that, the only way we're going to do it as an industry is to share. 
And so it's important to get to these conferences. It's important to listen to these podcasts and, and really educate yourself on your craft so we can find those innovations for you. Because once you've seen one fire department, you've seen one fire department. It's, it's not a cookie cutter solution, but it is a common problem. And so you got to get out there. You got to listen. You got to share. And, you know, if you can come and speak and inspire two more fire departments, then more people are on their way to mitigating that risk. I couldn't agree more. And I've heard that phrase in a different context, doing work with the TSA. They said, if you've seen one airport, you've seen one airport. That's right. And there are commonalities between them. And it's important to address the, you know, the 60 to 75% of commonalities. But then there's that local context and those nuances that really matter. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Chief, really just thank you for everything you're doing. I really enjoyed learning and listening from you and uh, look forward to uh, staying in touch. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks. Till next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Smart Firefighting Podcast today. If you enjoyed what you heard and got any value, please drop us a rating, leave us a comment, or reach out to us on social media. Have a great day, and together we can advance the future of smart firefighting.